0: On the 11th of November, Poland will be remembering the rebirth of their nation in 1918. I'm chatting to military historian Damacy Podsadwo. Today we will be exploring the partition of Poland, asking questions like what was life like for Poles under occupation and what ultimately led to Polish independence. The Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth from 1569 to 1795 was a major European state. Uh, can you explain what the Commonwealth was and how did the Commonwealth degrade to become vulnerable to foreign occupation? Damazi, welcome. Welcome to Radio. Okay,
1: Australia. so uh, hello there. Uh, as as Brian said, my uh, I am a military historian. My name is Damazi Podsiadło. Uh, I've been studying history for the 15 years now, uh, I, and I didn't stop yet. Uh, so let's uh, go with your. Your, your question, Brian. Well, it's it's very wide because uh, Polish-Lithuanian Li- Commonwealth was a state uh, uh, in the Central Eastern Europe. Uh, little, the western borders were little bit uh, to the east from today uh, today's Polish borders, uh, and the eastern borders were uh, well today's Belarusia was almost all I- inside the Polish lithuanian commonwealth uh, also uh, today's lithuania most of today's ukraine especially western part up to kiev and uh, at some point also far uh, east from kiev but uh, at the moment we'll start this uh, talk that is in the period that we in poland we are calling uh, the the uh, partition period That is uh, the period when our neighbors, uh, most notably Prussia, Russia with uh, adjacent Austria Hungary, uh, they partitioned Poland, uh, Polish lands between themselves. Uh, So, uh, and if you study the history of Europe, uh, you'll see that this fall of the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth, it is like for the 100 years, you have this period that the Polish uh, lithuanian commonwealth is crumbling and well the question why it's it's the eye of the beholder question because uh, polish historians are not in agreement in that so i will give you two uh, most notable uh, theses and by doing that i have to uh, mention i am not 19th century specialist uh, as you brian mentioned i am a specialist uh, with military history so um that 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 being said, just remember, I am not a specialist, yes. <laughs> and and I will not give you super uh, uh, like super minor details
0: yeah.
1: uh, so we, we, two... we, we,
0: we appreciate the fact that uh, you're Thank honest you. and also uh, there's humility again uh. It's very nice when people say uh, this is not my field, but this is what I I know. This is as much as I know. Uh, it's it's humbling, and uh, I wish everyone would approach dialogue with this spirit. let
1: well, you know, uh, just you know, uh, a little sidetrack, uh, because history is vast. Uh, you oh, don't know it all. You have to specialize, and even not that you have to specialize, but you read only parts of it there is only so much time in your in your life uh, so that so that being said two main thesis about why Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth failed um, two schools of Polish historians like there is two and there is uh, one domestic reason and one foreign influence reason and uh, in my opinion and probably most of Polish historians there are uh, there is a little bit from each. Uh, just you know, they are disagree w- which one was more important uh, to the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth uh, failing as a state. Uh, and this, let's start with internal. Uh, Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth had uh, parliaments, uh, so-called same. It was not as today's parliament, like it is like every two weeks or every month there is a session for a few days. No, there was like once for, two, for four years, a oh, wow. uh, session of the parliament. Sometimes it could be earlier, sometimes it could be. anticipated and we have to and we need an army so we have so we need money and and you cannot raise taxes for army or, or uh, to make a conscription uh, among polish people uh, without the agreement of the same so you have to you know call them and there is uh, and there was this institution of liberum veto liberum veto uh, but it was basically a veto. Just every member of the parliament could veto the proceedings, and this veto could mean that uh, well, every all parliament is is lost. There, there, there will be nothing uh, set up. There will be no reform, and there is only one guy who have to do this. And uh, so this. Uh, many people say this is this was the key i am not 100 in agreement with that because this uh, was true this liberum veto was uh, was imposed this was this rule of liberum veto for few hundred years and poland was a powerhouse for almost 200 years when there also were people that were saying on the proceedings of the same veto and uh, it was not enforced yes. this veto because the king could say like okay let's make a pause in the proceedings uh, then uh, if you said veto and 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 you storm out from the hall you said veto there is no same because i am pissed off uh, then there is a pause and your friends come to you and other people you may not know, but you know, the Archbishop, the prince, the, the marshal of the same. And, and, and they say to you, oh, oh, okay, we understand you were pissed off, but why this veto? Like, you are screwing everything with this veto. Let's just work this yes. out. You will get something. Your people will get something. And there was also other reason, because then you say veto. Let's say, you say, Vito, you destroyed the same uh, this year, (laughs) or for these four years. You came back to your uh, hometown, and the uh, first thing, when you were sent to the uh, whole Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, same parliament, uh, you gave, you had the instructions from your neighbors, like, do this raise taxes or uh, talk with the king so we can get some help with something and if you don't do this you you come back empty-handed you could honestly die
0: right, right. <laughs> you so could honestly die because all
1: your neighbors yes because all your neighbors were pissed that you broke the same why did you broke the same we we had we had so much we had there was so much stuff we wanted to make there to to take from from this same for us and you destroyed it (laughs) there were consequences but then um uh, polish uh, magnates there were opposition to the king Uh, this wealthy uh, polish nobleman aristocratic that had vast land they were very wealthy and they uh, were not in agreement with the Polish king Polish uh, Polish king often wanted to either centralize or when we talk about Polish king Vazas they wanted to intervene in Sweden and Poland had no interest to, with intervening in Sweden <laughs> uh, it we could talk this through but uh, you know i don't want to get Inside the integrity of the yeah. politics.
0: Yeah, but- I just want to ask a question about this because uh, I'm assuming there's like two forms of corruption related to this veto. Uh, one is the the interest of the noble men, like uh, what he wants Ooh. to get for for his um, area, and the other one I read that uh, foreigners were uh, potentially buying off uh, some of these representatives for the interest, for example, of the Russian state or the Prussian state.
1: Yes. Yes, so that was to uh, this uh, Polish nobles, as I mentioned them, uh, they were in opposition to the King's party and even to the, you may say, Polish Lithuanian party. They were uh, pursuing their own interest uh, and they were paying off uh, many lesser nobles uh, to, you know, to veto the proceedings. And they had so much influence that other nobles, their supporters, just went with it and went home. Uh, So there was no option to, you know, to negotiate behind the stage. When you pissed off, you storm out, you call veto, but there is some people coming to you. There was, in in the ending years of the Commonwealth, there was nothing of that. Some people, the supporters of these nobles just went home. And also some of these nobles were influenced by the foreign powers to stop to impede the parliament proceedings, and that was most notably Prussia and Russia. Uh, And now maybe we talk uh, about this influencing a little bit, who had the most uh, business to inject himself into Polish politics, and that was, as I said, Prussia and Russia. With Austria, we had for like 200 years before an alliance. or at least uh, wish uh, wishing well the well behaved neutrality i don't remember the uh, exact word but uh, uh, sympathetic neutrality at right. least okay. with the Habs- with, with the habsburg austria we often helped them the two times we send troops to help them fight the ottomans uh, <laughs> mo- most notably most notably in the 1680 Either, well, the charge of Vienna, the charge in uh, in Vienna, right? Yes. Yes. The, the most famous uh, charge of the Polish Hussars, uh, along with other groups from germany and austrian and Czech and so on uh, but let's not get into that um, another time
0: we'll definitely yes, have to another time
1: those, yeah. prussia <laughs> prussia had the most uh, interest in pursuing to take some polish land because the prussia had lands like in today's uh, northern poland and today's uh, russian enclave kaliningrad uh, the uh, uh, prussia and uh, this eastern part of Prussia, near Kaliningrad, uh, and, and Bazoria lakes, and, and the western part, when the Berlin is today, and Potsdam and this uh, um, parts of Germany today. And, Pol- Pol- and Polish lands were between this. Like, we, there was this uh, Polish lands to the Danzig, to the Gdańsk up north, uh, n- uh, near the Baltic Sea. So uh, Polish lands were cutting Prussia in two, basically. Yeah. So, um, German uh, K- Elector King of Brandenburg, uh, he was Friedrich, but I I, I, I don't remember. He, well, he was Friedrich the Great, basically. He was a very big um, statesman in German history. Yes. He, is, he, he, he is very, uh, you know, harsh guy he was uh, he his opinion about Poland is I will not quote him exactly but he he basically said the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth was a failed state um, he was uh, well failed sometimes due to his actions so uh, he didn't say that at loud but yes. well it, it, it was basically espionage back then and um, and the other player that was interest, very interested in destabilizing polish Lithuanian Commonwealth was of course Russia. Uh, imper- with Imperial Russia we had wars and before there was imp- great Imperial Russia when uh, back then when there was only like princehood of Moscow uh, we beat the Russians, we won most of the wars uh, but then uh, Russians were, Pretty rel- relentless uh, with pursuing to um, push the polish Lithuanian Commonwealth border uh, to the west to get uh, access to the Baltic ports for themselves uh, so there were just th- these two big players in the period when Poland was weak uh, when when po- when there was no a plan no real plan for repairing poland or maybe there were these reforms there were people trying to push reforms but the same were vetoed and no reforms Uh, in so, so so that is basically the picture of of the beginning of the partitions. There were three partitions. Uh, in the first, uh, the Prussians connected their lands. Uh, Russians took a, only a little bit of Polish eastern border and, and, and the Austrians took a little bit on the south. Uh, and then Russians realized that uh, it was a mistake for them to take so little. Nice. Because uh, Prash- <laughs> Prussia, Prussia uh, went out the best from this first partition uh, from this first partitions uh, maybe it uh, well i don't see how polish lithuanian could in, in influence at this period russian politics uh, just russians you know wanted to take more so they did later take more uh, austrians were uh, excluded from the second partition and after the second partition there was only like a little uh, very little piece of Poland left that was basically under the thumb of uh, both Prussia and Russia, uh, mainly Russia, mainly uh, the, the Polish, this uh, little Poland that, that was left after second partition was uh, like uh, Russian vassal, you may say.
0: Right, right. Yes. And the uh, Russians took the most land from Poland, right, in yes. the partition?
1: All today, Belarusia, all today, Ukraine, uh, all to, almost all uh, all lands that uh, that are that are not like the core Polish lands uh, near the Vistula and w- with southern parts of today's Lithuania. About something about that, yes. Uh, so, mm, third partition was because uh, well, we. still Uh, we created a constitution, a first constitution in Europe. It was like the last call to make some reforms. And uh, this constitution was, uh, well, failed. well, but it is also interesting. Uh, I don't remember it exactly like day by day, but it was like the king proposed reforms. Most of the people uh, by it, uh, the, the, that were, you know, corrupted by the Russians said, "Now nah, we it. veto it. Yeah. Yeah, oh. we, we go home. So they went home and the king said, well, screw them. Let's just go with the same. They made the constitution, they ratified it. So, of course, this opposition uh, just, you know, uh, rebelled. There is this institution uh, in the Polish law, was this institution in the Polish law back then, that when the king is acting unlawfully, you are legally allowed to rebel. (laughs) So they did rebel, It, it is called Rokosz. Rokosz, it, okay. it, it was called Rokosz. Um, this uh, Rokosz um, received help from Russians, so that was <laughs> so that was all we we basically could do. And after that, after um, there were um, uprisings. Well, first there the, there was Kościuszko uprising. Uh, it was like very small and but after some initial successes uh, this uprising uh, was defeated by russians uh, the it was led this uprising it, it is so so-called kościuszko uprising because it was led by the polish uh, general uh, Tadeusz kościuszko who before fought in american war of war War of Independence. Independence.
0: Yeah, I, I think you should really maybe elaborate a little bit on this character of history. Uh, Kosciuszki um, is one of the greatest m- m- possibly the most famous Paul in history.
1: Yes, uh, so um, well, I I don't know about the most famous Paul. He, was, he is pretty famous. He is pretty famous mostly because, well, he is uh, uh, well, he he was a military man, uh, trained in the Polish-Lithuanian Li- Li- Commonwealth. He was born in today Belarus, uh, although uh, he f- fought himself as a nobleman of the Commonwealth. Uh, his um, his sign, his noble sign, there was like uh, uh, herb in Polish, um, was uh, of Lithuanian origin, so he so. Uh, so he was uh, like very injected into Polish-Lithuanian um, ethnicity, you may say. He was raised among Belarusians probably and other Polish-Lithuanian uh, noblemen. Uh, af- after I, I, I don't know in which year exactly, but he uh, well right after. The American Independence War started. He went there. He wanted yes. to, to to get experience, and he was uh, well well e- well educated in a military manner. He was an engineer, and uh, he was a great help to uh, George Washington. He designed and built it. Well, he was the chief builder. <laughs> you, yes, you, you, I, I read last night. He, the, he yeah,
0: developed l- lots of like actual defensive positions yes. with
1: his at engineering skills yes yeah. yes at yes at. At, at West Point this uh, f- uh, fortification of his were tried in battle uh, and 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 proved to be very very good um, so america uh, and uh, and washington praised him praised him in more than a few, uh, mo- more than a few letters and there is also this uh, little piece of trivia when washington wrote these letters he almost always used another version of his surname because he didn't know how how to spell it <laughs> <laughs> so so there is Koteski, Kostusko, Kosteski, Kost- yeah. and 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 other versions. It's pretty funny, uh, and and I think Washington also had some fun from that.
0: I, I actually have a question about his uh, communication. Well, obviously, uh, he he was a he was fiercely Republican and uh, anti monarchist. Uh, how did Kostuski communicate with the Americans? Were they speaking in French or? Um... I am not sure. I didn't check that before. <laughs> because I, I was reading about him last night, and I was thinking, uh... How the hell was he speaking to Washington? Um... I think
1: French. Uh, I, I I think in French because I don't know if he knew English, but for sure he knew French. Uh, so it's uh, also I think Washington uh, Washington knew uh, French yeah. when he was communicating with his other French allies, like with Lafayette. Uh, by the way, Lafayette bought Washington with this because uh, Lafayette told Washington, "I came he came here to learn." And, and washington very like liked his humbleness so uh, he took him immediately kościuszko was uh, was also uh, pretty humble man Uh, so also it was to washington's liking Um, by the way there was a polish colleague of kościuszko in american independence war it was Kazimierz Pułaski, who was also fierce Republican uh, supporter of the Constitution of the 3rd May, of the 3rd of May in, in Polish as it was known, this Constitution we made and failed in uh, in, in implementing the Constitution. Uh, Pułaski. Was the cavalry commander? He created uh, uh, cavalry legion, as it is called in literature. Legion. It was like more like maybe 1,000 men, at some point, maybe a little more. But he led them on the old-fashioned Polish way. That is that the cavalry have to be the arm of decision on the battlefield, it, uh, but also it have to per, uh, the uh, to reconnoitre. Before, uh, before your army uh, or to uh, take, um, to cover the retreat of your army. And uh, this Pulaski Legion also at least one time just saved, straight up saved the Washington army when Washington was retreating. So, uh, so there were like these two Polish heroes in, in American independence war. K- uh, Kazimierz Pułaski died at Savana uh, li- uh, leading a charge. Uh, well, he was wounded and then later died, uh, like two days later. Um, so I, I bet he died the way he would want it. Uh, Kościuszko, well, after his uprising in Poland, af- after he returned to Poland, he led the Kościuszko uprising for two years. He failed, uh, but it was a well, v- valiant effort. He was imprisoned, but Catherine the, the Great. He was heavily wounded. He never uh, walked very well to the end of his he, his life because of the wounds he received in the uprising. Uh, he was um, later uh, discharged from, from from prison. He was set free by the Catherine the Great. Uh, she was called he, she was calling him the monster Kościuszko, by the way, not because. Uh, she was so afraid of him. Just she was so uh, um, wounded uh, he- heavily during the war that uh, she called him monster. Uh, so that is pretty sad. But uh, he was dist- he was set free, and he later spent his life in Switzerland. Um, he-, he did have uh, some land uh, given to him by the United States Congress. Uh, and he, in his will, set all his slaves free. He uh, asked uh, Thomas, Jefferson, uh, Thomas Jefferson to set his slaves free. So this is like, uh, I think, very important in uh, researching Kosciuszko. His character. He was fiercely Republican. Yes. He was very pro-liberty and personal re- liberty. He has like something in common with us today. I, I bet. Um, and uh, Thomas, uh, Thomas. Jefferson just didn't do that. Just didn't do this. Yes. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't set his his slaves free. Well,
0: yes, he, he not seems, nice. <laughs> he, yes, yes, absolutely terrible not to keep your word. Um, yes, Kosciuszko definitely seemed like a very principled man, uh, and he, he seemed to have I a think ve- so. yeah like like keeping your word seemed really important to him. Um, from what I read, um, if you were in an oath, you needed to keep it, and um, he would, for example, n- not agree on an oath because he thought it was morally wrong. Um,
1: yes, it, he was a very straight-up, uh, ethical, moral guy. Yes. Uh, for, for what we can tell, at least. Uh, now, mm, okay, so I think that answers the question.
0: Yeah, thank you for telling <laughs> us about uh, Um Let's move on to the actual period of partition. So, uh, Poland was partitioned for 123 years, life must have been extremely depressing for poles i'm assuming that uh yes, stuff, yeah stuff like roman catholicism the polish language uh the culture these were really the glue holding the dream of polish independence together
1: mm-hmm. uh well there are, yes uh, for certainly that uh, polish culture was too strong to be just absorbed to the uh, russian or prussian empires or austrian empire uh, we were uh, we created our own language our own culture and we had well a uh, time of almost well more than 100 years of the gold of the so called golden age when like close to 200 years when we were e- european powerhouse uh, in um, so it was impossible to just assimilate polish uh, although germans at some point tried to uh, eradicate Polish culture to make them to make Polish more German uh, with some successes. Although uh, Polish were well, tough to assimilate, as I said, uh, there were a lot of arts, a lot of autos, a lot of emigration. So um, so there is a, a, a big topic and I want to uh, maybe um, to to cut it into few parts uh, for the listeners. First, uh, there was emigration mass after each uprising and there were two major uprising so-called november uprising in 1830 the, uh, uh, so-called january uprising in 1865 and before them uh, we joined with napoleon uh, and even there was a duchy of warsaw for some time it was like a small <coughs> small polish state Let's just give me a second uh, so um, a lot of polish emigrate after the partitions and after each uh, failed uh, uh, war for the independent polish state uh, the emigration uh, grew so uh, that's why you have so many emigrants one of the reasons you have so many polish uh, people in united states they are like uh, i don't know two three millions of uh, people that uh, are uh, enjoying or acknowledging their polish descent uh, also 19th century is the uh, period in in the european and world history uh, there were of nationalism of socialism of the modern uh, modern left was born then mm, and also a few more than a few liberation wars were waged in the european in the european continent uh, and polish were very into these wars the there is this uh, phrase we are learning in polish schools and this is uh, to translate it for our and yours freedom uh, that we will uh, fight for it for unified italian state we will fight in american independence war we will fight in the balkans and so on uh, to basically uh, Fight for the ideal of freedom, and maybe this karma will some sometimes get back to Poland, or at least how I translated to uh, to to my understanding. Um, uh, thanks to that, maybe uh, Polish cause was was sometimes alive, and the public discourse in France and in other European nations. So, hello there. Um, <clears throat> uh, but it was. Little, um, it was, it was not a success when you count when you think about independent Polish state as an end game, right? So um, almost all this fighting uh, turned out to be well to the loss. Like uh, Pol- Poland uh, ne- never saw a big European support for uh, for the. Uprisings. Yes. Uh, the November uprising had some chances. Uh, there were like the army of almost 100,000 that, that the Polish state fielded then, and uh, it it was a government um, uh, regency council uh, that uh, ruled the 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 Polish state during the November. Uprising there were uh, diplomatic connections with other countries just the period in this European history was not that uh, France couldn't help because uh, 1830 like Napoleon uh, Was defeated in, uh, in Waterloo at 1815 and after his wars France was Demographically it was a tragedy There yeah. was, France it was in no shape to help Poland yes. in a meaningful way Prussia of course not. We just partitioned Poland. Why we should help Austrians as well? Actually, Prussia and 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 Austrians um, didn't help Poland. They actually helped the Russians to deal with the Polish uprising. Uh, so that was a bust. Uh, the next major uprising in 1865, the January uprising, was a bust from the start. It was just. Bad idea even the uh, the chief of the uprising um, uh, took the job because nobody else wanted it right. and uh, and he himself said it is a bad idea to, <laughs> to, to make uprising now, but there is no leader, so okay, I will take it I will, t- I will take the job it was uh, and well, he did his best, but he, if you be quiet. And he he did his best, but uh, when you don't believe in victory, well, you will probably will not yes. <laughs> achieve yes, it. Uh, so, and 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 you know, and that was uh, really bad because there were uh, little support for the uprisings, um, and the in some some Polish even joined the uh, Russians in this uprising, because there were many Polish that uh, accepted the fate of Poland, that we are now uh, a congr- so-called Congressional Kingdom, uh, That and and our king is Russian Tsar. Uh, wow. Russian well. Tsar was, was like, a, you know, the Polish king, and, and the Congressional Kingdom, you have and, and again, the opinions in, among Polish and, his, and Polish historians also are divided. Some said that Congressional Kingdom was okay for Polish. Like, the, we had our uh, constitution. Yes, this constitution tells that the Russian Tsar is our king. Basically, we were a satellite, but we, were, um, we could govern ourselves. Polish culture was not persecuted in Congressional Kingdom uh, and, and and so on. There were uh, quite a few things going on from Polish in Congressional Kingdom before 1865 and then this uprising. <laughs> it was a bad idea and it failed. Uh, it, there were no uh, unified Polish people fighting for their freedom. There were guerrillas in the forests. Uh, it, many patriots died again many patriots emigrate, run away and congressional kingdom was destroyed. Yes. The, the so-called congressional kingdom became part of Russia. So uh, no no congressional kingdom for polish. you're about no kingdom. So uh, that's why some uh, some Polish historians said it, the, the January uprising was honestly a bad idea and on military grounds, I have to agree it was a bad idea it had basically no chances for victory um, but uh, the resistance uh, was not only because of you know the fighting on the battlefield or on during the uprisings uh, there were works of arts and sciences that polish emigrants uh, achieved like Mary Skodorska Kiri like uh, she uh, she was Mary Skłodowska. She then became uh, known as uh, Mary Kiri, Lady Kiri, as Sheldon says. <laughs> uh, uh, and and she's, she, uh, she was two-time noblest uh, from, I think, chemistry and physics. Or am I mixing that? Something? No, I think. Well, but the only women that received two Nobel are... Uh, two Nobel awards uh, there were uh, also at least one other polish noblest but from writing what is what Raymond and he uh, his works are postmodernist uh, v- or sorry very this generally very sad he was writing about the life on the polish country that this uh, regular rustic polish life and uh, these works are very sad. Although you know, they received Nobel Award, the, the, that was so, something new. But I read them very long time ago, and I didn't like them. It was so sad and <laughs> long. <laughs> uh, now um, uh, there were also uh, well. Few Polish authors that didn't received international uh, pra- praise as as uh, as Raimund, uh, wrote about Polish culture. Like uh, there is this author uh, Sienkiewicz, Henryk Sienkiewicz, uh, who wrote books about uh, times before the partitions. When the Poland was uh, quite a strong country and and, and independent country, and his uh, books are like you know these adventure books about Polish noblemen fighting with Turks, fighting with Russians, fighting with Cossacks, yes. fighting with Swedes, and uh, and yes. they uh, and and they all fight for Poland. And so uh, it's not they are not like great book, greater. Greater than life, but they are well written, very uh, and and fun to read. They are they are very interesting adventure books, you may say. And and during the partitions, every Polish knew them, every Polish read them, uh, to you know to preserve the memory. And and he was not the only one. There were plenty of authors writing about uh, Poland and Polish history and Polish culture to preserve memory. And they had different approaches. So, uh, uh, the Eliza Orzeszkowa, she was writing under the male alias, I think. Right. Uh, she, uh, she was promoting the or- organic work. Do you know the term?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm not sure of that
1: term. From okay, the uh, just you know, uh, when you want to uh, create something lasting, you should work with the basics. And uh, if we want uh, to create independent Polish state, we have to have a strong culture and strong identity, and uh, to this, and political virtues. Republican political virtues, uh, so uh, see, she in her books promoted education, promoted uh, women's rights, uh, suffrage sometimes. Uh, so she tried to uh, write about how maybe Polish society should be. and and to promote some ideas so, so, so uh, you like, mean like
0: uh, I, she was a uh, idealistic about uh, what poland uh, should become
1: i think so yes uh, as i remember maybe i am mixing so, uh, something up but uh, it was as i was taught in school uh, about her and her books like yes are uh, um, I I always remember that she put a lot of emphasis on education of all people, not only because you know nob noblemen or something like that. But she was uh, very uh, in the modern sense tolerant, open. Uh, well, so uh, as I said. Um, there are a lot of differences between the partitioned territories. Russians uh, were not that bad. They were not uh, trying to assimilate Polish culture that hard as Prussians under Bismarck yes. were, were trying to do. Austrians were pretty much uh, okay. With that, they had like a multicultural state. They had Czechs, they had Serbs, they had Bosniaks, yes. they, they yes. had Italians, they had Polish, uh, they had Ukrainians. They couldn't allow themselves to, you know, to uh, strike uh, on some ethnic group because sure. uh, because other ethnic groups will go, hey, we are next. So, yes. yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, so, so Polish under Austrian regime, uh, it was some opinion says austrian uh, regime was uh, the best basically for for, for a living uh, we will I don't know. As I said, I am not a specialist. Sure. I am just pointing out that, uh, that that there are differences, and and some Polish historians disagree on that. Which uh, pretty much everyone agreed that the Prussian was the worst. But, uh, sure. but it, also it sort something... of makes
0: sense to me, uh, logically, if you're the the Russian Empire, the Austrian Empire. Um, you, you don't have a homogenous group of people that you're uh, looking after. You're essentially looking after a lot of vassals. And if you really have to push them to try make them Russian or try make them Austrian, the chances of rebellion among all the different groups yes, is much rising. higher. But uh, in, in the Prussian state, if you've got mostly Germans uh, as a unified group, then uh, trying to uh, colonize other areas and push your culture and language, um, th- that seems a much more logical strategy. So.
1: Well, yes, uh, but also there is this other side of the medal and some uh, pro-German historian or some German historian uh, who uh, likes Bismarck could point out that uh, Polish subjects of the Prussian king and later German Kaiser were uh, very backwards. Uh, You can argue that it is the case of the civilizing mission of, of like the that. education yes but yeah. uh, yes the, the polish would say that the uh, polish people under the germans had uh, more difficult time to receive proper education so maybe this is the part <laughs> also uh, but uh, you know as it's complicated and we have to remember well i try to um, understand that it is not just the Germans were always like that and always hated Polish, because it's not true, although you can find Polish saying that today, and that in the 19th century nationalism was pretty big and and first Prussia and then unified Germany under Prussia was Maybe not more nationalistic than a few other countries, but fiercely nationalist. And they honestly thought that for the state to be strong, you have to have a cultural unity inside. And uh, that, that, that's why Germans uh, looked like from upstairs to their Austrian cousins like they had like this multicultural state that is basically falling apart almost every crisis and and they had unified german state and this there's like some polish guys so let's assimilate them well uh, it was uh i think nationalism is to blame that they tried and i think the th- thanks to nationalism they or because of nationalism they thought it uh, they have to try to assimilate polish that's why uh, ge- uh, uh, germans pushed this so called uh so much
0: yes